Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and the old man, I mean Dave, hanging out at the beautiful studios of Relate365.com. Oh, what? Sorry, Did I, you I, talk to me? <laughs> on the beautiful studios. Yeah. That's right. No, oh, we're man. hanging out here at Silverbridge Ranch, and I just had to poke Dave a little bit. Poke the bear. Poke the bear. Yeah, Even you, though you're you're more like a teddy bear than you are like you a grizzly be bear. Even though some days, you know, politics. they can't see you. Some days you might look like a grizzly bear. <laughs> I might. You you should be in politics. You know what I used to like is um go out skiing when I was young and just sweat like crazy and your nose would run. I have a mustache and I would get these frozen uh boogers. Yeah, frozen fangs, you know, coming down off my mustache that I thought was really cool. Then you get home you could shake it a little bit and a little the thing they rattle. Did they call you Wolverine or something? Uh, you know, walrus. Walrus. You know. Yeah. Oh, there you go. But you know, like those those are like shark heads. I used to like doing that. Now I don't. You know, I did. my mustache is pretty small, so I don't. I mean, short, so I don't really get. No, oh, you have to the stalagmites or the stalactites or whatever they are on there. Mm, I see. Yeah, but skiing is still one of my favorite things. It's still a great exercise. You go out there. Do you know that cross country skiing years ago? was uh, rated number one cardiovascular, number one exercise for the whole body. Really? Even more than swimming. Really? I guess. I don't know why, because I was a swimmer, and I thought... I was going to say, I thought swimming did it pretty good. Well, I guess because skiing, actually, you, you have your weight on your legs. Oh, I you know, see. And I think in swimming, so it, it lightens you up a little. You might sure. use all the muscles, but you don't necessarily have all that weight bearing. I see. And on, in skiing, you're obviously going to have all the weight on your skis. Yeah. And hopefully, if you're doing it right. And if you ski right, I guess you're using every muscle because of the movement and the you know the arms, the legs, the the head bobbing up and down as you listen to Christian music. Which is interesting because I remember back in your era, those Nordic track things were popular. Yeah. Those exercise oh, I machines. Had one. But now you don't see them much anymore. No, they're boring. <laughs> 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 but but now you have the technology where you could probably put a TV in front of you. You do. And you could put some like beautiful landscape and pretend you're skiing through the Swiss Alps. Well, you know what? In my progressive thought, I actually uh, skied with a camera back then, a video camera. Really? And sent it to people in Arizona so that when they used their Nordic track, they could actually look like they were skiing. And you didn't make money off of that? No. That's unfortunate. No, I don't even know where it is this day. That was I a mean, very I don't even care. Idea. Right? It was one of those things where I thought, you know, if I'm going out skiing, I might as well hold a camera somehow. I think I actually taped it to my head. That's, a, well, that's a, you know, because okay, we okay. didn't have those other yeah, cameras back then. So back then, you guys had like the the shoulder VHS one. That's what I. So taped. how did you tape that to your head? Well, I, I think I put a helmet on, and you you could put a screw through it, because those had where you can mount it onto a. Yeah. Yeah. So I could put a screw through the helmet. And screw it onto the helmet, and then you just hit the play button. Hmm, interesting. Oh, yeah. We, we used, to, used to get creative. We still have one of those cameras here at camp. Yeah, well, shall we take a picture someday? Of, I, I Maybe you can demonstrate. I was going to say, I, I need a demonstration. I'm not following your, yeah, well, your, I'm not, your verbal description I'm not going to give you here. one. I'm going to let you picture it in your head and enjoy the picture. <laughs> there you go. Was, you know, years ago, though, when you look back, nobody wants to hear about years ago. I mean, when you're... When you're young, you don't necessarily want to have somebody my age come and say, when I was a kid, you know what I mean? Because the stories, honestly, like I'm a downhill skier, and the older I get, the faster I was. Well, I was going to say, you never know the validity of the story. Well, Once you start when I was a kid, because yeah. you hear stories about I used to walk up both hills. Yeah, I know. On the way to school, through snow, sleet, lava, rain, everything. Yep. You know, and it's like, all right. And, and you know, I, the thing is, I admit that, 
I mean, I keep saying, yeah, the older I was, the fast, the older I am, the faster I was. So I, I understand that. Yeah. So what you got to do is listen to older people and just kind of give it, okay, 90%, maybe, you know, 85. It, the, the funny <laughs> thing is you go through and you, you say these stories and you actually believe them by the time you're my age. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it becomes factual. Yeah. It's not like you're telling a lie because somebody came to you and said, you lied. I go, no, that's honest. Uphill both ways from school. That's I, right. And you, you've said it Can so often. Can you draw that from Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's not. I think sometimes you have to realize it's not overly intentional to say something that you might look at and go, I can't believe that. Yeah. It's okay to question people who tell you that, though. But I loved it. I saw it on, I saw a skiing T-shirt that said that an old guy was wearing it. You know, the older I get, the faster I was, and it showed him skiing on a hill. And I thought, oh, boy, that's good. You know, I mean, that's true. <laughs> that's your kind of shirt. It is my kind of shirt because I, I go skiing still out in Utah, and I think, yeah, boy, was I good at one time. <laughs> now, I don't think I was quite as good as I think I was. Yeah. You know, difference is, though, for, when I went skiing, we learned on rope toe Midwest hills. Okay. So then when I first went out west, I wore an orange snowmobile suit to ski in. A bright orange snowmobile suit that I got at Fleet Farm. Yep. And, you know, I realized these people spend a lot more money on their ski outfits than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I really looked like a rag muffin out there. I mean, unbelievable That's when I was funny. skiing because, but I was comfortable. Really? I fell a lot. It's nice not getting snow down your, you know, pants or up your yep, shirt. This is true. Um, and I, if I could have just skied in that snowmobile suit every time, I'd still do it today. If I, if my wife, I was going to say, <laughs> I know you would, but she, somebody's yeah, stopping. She me. doesn't want to put up with that. She doesn't want an orange snowmobile suit in the house necessarily. So I guess that's history at this point. And I'm sure as the older I get, the oranger it's going to get as well. It's you know, but it was orange. Blaze orange. Blaze orange because that's the Wisconsin color. If you're north of Highway 64, that's right. If you're south, I understand, but if you're north, blaze orange is our state, state color. color. Yeah. We were talking about how things change, but problems still exist in families and adjusting to them. And I mm -hmm. encourage people, if you're a young couple, you're listening, you're old, if you're listening, uh, you can go to Relate365.com, download the podcast there. We appreciate you doing that. That way you can get caught up on what we're actually saying. Uh, we were kind of outlining uh, some issues that young families deal with, and we were talking about communication. We never got past that. Let me give you another uh, issue that this psychologist, his name is Kalman Heller, and I, and I don't know his qualifications too much. I was just reading an article, and it stimulated my thought. Yeah. So that's why we're doing it. Uh, he said another issue is people feel distant from each other. Okay. Okay. I, I, I would buy that. What makes people feel a distance from each other? I think it's a variety of things. Okay. I think uh, communication. It's different. I think um, relationships are different in terms of time spent together. Okay. You know, like we could be in the same room, but nowadays I feel like you, you could be do doing totally different things. Uh, whereas as a kid, if you're in the same room, you were doing something together. Yeah. You know, and so I think once you add on all of these different aspects, you know, or you can all be sitting in the room on your phone or something, right. you know, like it, it's amazing. I mean, even I challenge you if you're listening to the show, and you happen to go out to eat, even if it's once a year that you go out to eat, the next time you're out to eat, 
just observe people watch with me yep. you know just just do it for a little bit and people watch and you'll be amazed at how many people are sitting quote unquote with each other but they're not with each other yeah it's amazing and so i think that all those different factors play into that question that was kind of a loaded question Dave. yeah well i <laughs> i think too that that you trying to protect the image that you're portraying but knowing the people that are most intimate with you could destroy that image yeah keeps you a distance from them one of the, the important things to I do is, that, yeah. is be honest right you know and if you're running around and, and the people outside your intimate world think you know you're the best athlete in the world but your parents know you're not then you don't want them to burst your bubble so you kind of avoid talking to them about it and i think there's some distance that begins to go there and you start going to people who listen to you and start spending more time on social media because that's where you think your audience is. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, again, I think honesty keeps you from uh, feeling distant. Yeah. So you got to be honest. And you train kids from that from the very time they're young. Absolutely. I mean, you have to talk to them about being honest. It, have, you, have you found that children, as they grow up, they, they don't need to be taught to lie? Oh, no, we, we discovered that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they can lie. Can. And it's not like they learned it from you. Right. Um, hopefully, but right. it's not that they learned it from you, but boy, it's easy to do. It, it's very easy to do. And so it's trying to show them the value in, in honesty, yep. you know, and not only that, when they do lie, it's just the impact it can have Yeah, and, Lies the, create... and, the, and the hurt it can bring, Yeah, you know, and yet we, it's such a prevalent thing. Yeah. You know, I, I think people need to really practice not telling lies. I know that sounds so profound, but you practice it, um, there's a lot of times I was speaking once and a guy came up to me and said, you know what, you, you clarify a lot what you say. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know why? He was a guy that was a very educated guy. He goes, I think I know why. I, I said, why? You, you don't want to lie to us, so you're trying to make sure we understand exactly what you said. He said, but I think you clarify too much. You know, I mean, if you say that, you know something, you don't need to always go back and define it. I said, well, in this day and age, you might. Yeah. Because if I say, you know, you're in a good relationship, you know what, I, with a, a spouse, I am talking about heterosexual spouse committed to each other. I, I mean, I'm talking about something. Yeah. For you to put your own definition in there isn't going to work mm-hmm. because you're not going to know what I'm talking about at, at that point. Yeah. And uh, he said, oh, I, I understand. But I think you feel distant from people when you're living a lie. That's what I think causes distance. Yeah. And I would, I would absolutely agree with that. So if you feel distance from your spouse, I think you're living a lie mm-hmm. at this point. And you need to try and identify what the lie is. Uh, if somebody's having an, an affair in a marriage, there's distance mm-hmm. that begins to take place. Yeah. If somebody loves work more than they love being home, you know, and they keep saying how important home is, there's a lie there and there's distance that starts to develop. Yeah. There's always the lie. The fruit of lies is distance. Mm-hmm. So if you're seeing that there's distance in your life, it's because there's some lies somewhere and you need to uncover it. Yeah. Um, you know, as I grew up, there were certain things I wasn't really good at. And I found that if you admitted you weren't good at it, nobody really cared. They already knew you weren't good at it. Mm-hmm. And it never came up again and you didn't feel distant from anybody. Yeah. You know, so today if, if somebody's going, you know, I want to do this in art, uh, can you help me? I'll go, no, I'm not very good at art. Mm-hmm. It, I'm not distant from that because I'm pretending that I'm good at something. I'm just right. not. Even though I'm still waiting for you to rap. Uh, I, I know how to rap. I know. I'm still waiting for yeah. it. You, I told you I won a contest. You could ask. 
You could ask Todd <laughs> if I didn't win the beatbox contest. I that's did. right. That's right. You know what the the problem with that is? The truth is, I did win it. That's true. But, but I know why I won it. And I won it because all the students that voted thought it'd be hilarious if they voted for me when I stunk at it. This is true. And that's why they voted for me in the first place to just humiliate the other people who could actually do it. Uh, you know what I call that? No. I call that the American Idol syndrome. Yeah, well, it could be. <laughs> yeah, it could I don't be. know about the the newest rendition, but back it, in the day, yeah. you know, that when it first came out, that's what it was. You know, you, you'd almost make more headlines if you weren't that good. I, I just think it's hilarious because I, yeah, everybody saw how bad I was at it. And you won. And I won. I thought, you guys are creepy in a way. I mean, that's creepy. Or maybe they thought you had a certain no, je je ne sais quoi. No, they didn't. To they the really, way you're they really down the beats. thought <laughs> these other guys are really good, and it would put them all in their place if I won this old guy winning a beat bob. Yeah, so. all that aside, though. But yeah, I mean, many of us know whether or not we're living a lie or not, and we know that how it, we know exactly how it impacts the relationships around us. Yeah. And I think the more honest you could be with yourself, first and foremost, you know, the better. And and not only that. Usually one lie leads to many lies. Yep. And whether it's a lie that you're feeding yourself or a lie that you're listening to Satan, because then you might listen to the show. It's like, well, I'm so deep in the lie. I know that I can't get out of it. Yep. That itself is another lie because there is never a lie that you're too far in that you can't get out of. Absolutely. And that's a promise. And and so what, what you need to do is look at life as a bunch of fruit that's there because of some other decision. Yeah. And distance, I want you to first look in your life if there's something we're lying about. I mean, you might be telling your spouse, everything financially is great, and really in your head you're going, we're in a mess. Yeah. What you need to do is say, we are in a mess financially. Mm -hmm. You know, get the truth out. Right. And what will happen is any distance that's there, because now you're trying to protect, you don't want your spouse seeing the finances, you don't want them. See, so you're, you're creating this distance in order to maintain a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are involved in pornography, and they're saying they're not. So there, there's this distance and this right. lie that's going on. Uh, some people are involved with some other person, and again, saying they're not. And yeah. some are, are um, you know, just avoiding other topics in life. That and so they lie about. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You know, no, you're not. Let's talk about the things in life that we need to talk about. Right. Even if you don't have a solution, right, it's still helpful to get it out in the open and talk about it. Absolutely. Because the fact that you just get it out helps tear down distance. Yeah. You know? I, I think very important. Look at the fruit in your life. I mean, when I see someone who's anxious and I'm talking to a Christian, they say they love God. They, know God. And they say, I'm really anxious in life. But I say, you do know that anxiousness is not a fruit of the Spirit. And mm -hmm. they just look at me like, what is your problem? No, it really isn't. Now, I don't know how to solve your problem right now because I don't know what's making you anxious. But just so you know that the fruit of anxiousness is not like a fruit from enjoying God yeah so for you when you have the fruit in your life when you have the when you feel a distance from your spouse I encourage you to say okay that's a fruit I don't like mm -hmm. it's not from God why is it there yeah now could be that you're telling lies it could be other things could be spending too much time watching television and not communicating whatever it might be but you need to at least address it mm -hmm. um, another thing this psychologist talks about is one of the things that causes a lot of trouble in young marriages and young couples is just the difference in how they handle children behavior-wise mm. and what to do um, when somebody misbehaves. Yeah. Um, yeah. You are both, you and your wife are both going to be affected by how your parents treated you. Yeah. And 
and it's going to be, have a profound effect on how you treat your children. Mm-hmm. However, you both were individuals and were treated differently by different parents. Yeah. So now you're, you're in a marriage and you have to figure out, united front, how do we do this? Mm-hmm. And there are times where your spouse is saying, I am right on this. I am absolutely right. And you're saying, no, you're not. I am right on this one. So how do you deal with that? You talk about it. it who ends up being right? You got to figure that yeah, out. Yeah, okay. That's a loaded, <laughs> loaded question. <laughs> you, you really that's, should, an, that's another longer topic on another episode. You, <laughs> you, should have, you should have a mechanism in place where you can talk about, um, okay, here is what I think we should do about this matter. I want to hear what you think. And then stop for a moment and ask both of, I mean, ask yourself, is this really something that I have for their best interest and long-term best interest? Or is this something that's just a response because this is what happened to me and how I grew up? Mm-hmm. It may be yes to both of those, actually, but yeah. I think you need to ask the question because sometimes we're just influenced mm-hmm. by how we grew up, and it's not always the best you know, I, a simple thing is my, my dad, and I've said this before, he always had certain bits of chocolate and things around the house always out. Mm-hmm. And later in life, I realized he grew up and there was never candy in the house. Mm. So the reason he had it out all the time, there was never candy in the house. Yeah. Now, my wife grew up, you know, so I want chocolate out all the time. Yeah. Because I grew up with it out all the time. Right. Um. She grew up, and it wasn't out all the time. So if I put it out, she puts it away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where's <laughs> where's my chocolate? Let me know when you put it out, and I'll come over. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Is that bad? Not necessarily. Um, you know, I have a habit. I grew up, and it, you know, I forget things because right? I'm a, an ADD guy, and so I'll, I'll forget things. Yeah. So if I want to remember something, I leave it right in front of me. I leave it out so that I see it. Mm-hmm. She puts everything away. <laughs> You know, I mean, if she puts things away, I forget about them. Yeah. And it's months later I go, oh, I should have done this. Well, yeah, you should have. Where is it? (laughs) It's where it's supposed to be. Yeah, I I put it away where it (laughs) belongs. That would be it. It, I put it away where it belongs. It's like, hey. Yeah. Do you know I left that out, you know, to bother me? Well, it's kind of like I get here and say, well, it bothered me too. You know I mean? So I put it away. Um. Well, you should have told me, and I could have reminded you. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting. <laughs> now, again, those things, actually, what they do is they, they just show lifestyle disagreements. Yeah. And I use the word disagreement kind of loosely because I'm not sure that I would say that my wife and I, we consider that an argument or anything else. It's Lifestyle, lifestyle. differences. Yeah, almost, yeah. Dis- differences. Dis- I, I just disagree. I think, you know, here's how I operate. Please don't mess with it. Mm-hmm. And she's thinking, here's how I operate. Please don't mess with it. All right. Now, we've yeah. got some tension here. I think one of the first things to do is laugh about it. Yes. Because now you just broke the tension and said, okay, okay. Yeah. You do it this way. I do it that way. That's cute. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about how we can do this. So we've come up with, I think, some compromise. I got piles in the house that are my piles. I thought you were going to say I have piles of chocolates. No. <laughs> come to think of it right now, I don't... <laughs> There's still not chocolate sitting out. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, but <laughs> but I do have, like, there's a pile over here, there's a pile over there. Those are my piles, and she'll just put things on them. 
Yeah. And what that simply means is, you know, when you get around it, you go through that pile. And if you were waiting to do something in that pile, you know, it'll get done. Mm-hmm. But I'm not having it just sit around, and and that's okay with me because I know where my piles are yeah. and where she puts them. So now it's kind of the same, but we figured out how to do it without straining the relationship too much. Yeah, and um, and I'm getting more like her as I get older. She's getting more like me a little bit. So it's like you know that that works. The too. gap narrows down. It does. It's not it's not that bad. Here here's what's interesting. This guy basically says there are four factors. Four. Which factors. guy are we talking about here again? This psychologist. This guy named Kalman Heller. Yep. So if you if you just joined the show, yeah. uh, we've been talking about this Guyman Heller and just four things he's of things that are changing. We've been yeah, talking about he change. He just said his article is entitled "Young Families Face New Problems." Yep. Yep. So, but he said there's like four issues that every family faces that comes to him that says there's problems. Um, the the first um, issue, he, he says, you know, every couple brings ma- uh, baggage from their respective past. We just talked about that. that. And he doesn't use baggage as necessarily bad. You know, I mean, it's like- Yeah, you, it's, you more bring, of a, it's just more of a matter of fact. Right. Yeah. Uh, he said, how hard is it to work at creating an intimate relationship when consciously or subconsciously you have serious doubts of the permanence of the relationship? He said, the number one factor is the idea that all the relationships in our life are not permanent. Hmm especially in this day and age where people can leave you, leave you a note, divorce you quickly, no-fault divorces. I mean, the idea of a permanent relationship is something that haunts people. Yeah. So, really, I understand that. If you are somebody who um, is not sure that your marriage is going to last your lifetime, and you begin to act in certain ways to try and either protect it, try and protect yourself, but you're not acting in an honest way a lot of times because as far as I'm concerned, you and your spouse need to look at each other at some point, and it should have happened on your wedding day and say, I am committed to you to the day we die, and I mean that, and I'm going to actually live that way. Yeah, That brings about a tremendous difference in life and in families and in peace. and And someone might say, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. then don't get married. Yeah, Don't get married because marriage in the Bible is really about a uh, commitment to each other. It isn't about an arrangement with each other. And so uh, number one factor this psychologist is talking about is, you know, because of the fact that relationships aren't permanent, people are on edge. Mm. And they can look and say, well, if you don't give me what I want, I can get this person to give me what I want. It's almost like you're living the dating realm yes your entire time exactly which is stressful it is it is and and those that are older go i don't want to be in that dating world right because because, it is stressful right because you're like oh i'm glad those days are over absolutely well it it is great i think my question again is why is it normal that relationships break up why are people thinking that way it's because they must be setting itself up for non, a non-permanent thing. It's something that's changed, I think, in well, the what, what changes that normal? I mean, obviously, in their own life, television life, media life. Lately, I have been very bothered by the amount of celebrities whose girlfriends have given birth. Hmm. They're not married. Yeah. And the media makes a big deal about it. Their girlfriends have given birth. They're not married. They're living together. And it's like, well, why don't they get married? Mm-hmm. 
why are they not married and having children? Yeah. Again, it goes against the Bible, and it really, I think, long-term, it goes against a, a healthy relationship with yeah. you. The, the second factor, he says, because believe it or not, time is flying. <laughs> the number two is a, just a loss of permanence in general. Now, it's interesting that two factors right at the beginning are both permanent losses, yeah. loss of stability. Yeah. And this one, though, is a belief that your work or your job could go away. Oh, okay. So it's like, boy, this isn't going to be here forever, and I'm not stable here, and I could get fired tomorrow. And that bothers people. So they, they start hiding things again, and they start trying to make themselves indispensable to their workplace, and it brings a lot of tension you know, yeah. to their lives. Uh, I suggest that job ang in, in anxiety is something you can deal with. Just do the best you can to be honest at work and find a place where you can thrive in that, that mm -hmm. way. Yeah. Uh, the third factor that this uh, psychologist talks about is the role of confusion. And again, I, I would agree with that, and I've, we've talked about that on this program. Confusion such as, what is my gender? Mm, what is marriage yeah. about? Mm -hmm. What is money for? Why do I work? I mean, a lot of factors out there where you're looking at going, I don't have clear lines on any of these things. Yeah. So you live a confused life. And people who live a confused life act confused. Mm -hmm. And in their confusion, they're angry, they're upset, they're they're hard to deal with. And and the fourth key that he says is the issue of the, the myth of gender equality in marriage, which I find interesting. The, the myth of the gender myth of gender equality. Yeah. You know, believe it or not, the genders aren't equal. Yep. There's not one better, there's not one worse, but they're not the same. Right. And and people are trying to make them the same. So mm -hmm. uh, if you get married, and um, between you and your wife, which one of you gave birth? My wife. Ah. Did it affect her body different than yours? Oh, very much so. Do you understand all the ramifications that went along with that? No. You're different. Right. That's what you have to accept. Mm -hmm. I don't care how you want to slice that one. If you're going to go through a culture where you keep thinking everything's the same, yeah. first of all, you're going to be confused. Mm -hmm. and, and that confusion will lead you down that path. Right from the beginning, God said he created man and woman. He created male and female. Mm -hmm. And if you don't accept that right as God said it, what's going to happen is you're just going to be confused the rest of your life. Yeah. So look at our culture right now. There, there are people who are... You know, their, their relationships can dissolve. They think their work can dissolve. They, they think that nothing really makes sense to them when they look at, like, Washington and those places, and, and so they're confused. Mm -hmm. And then they think that marriage, everything's the same for husband and wife when it really isn't. Mm -hmm. So all those factors put together mean that there's tension. You're in a hot mess. You're in a hot mess. Yeah. And I would suggest you take these four little things that we've talked about, talk about with your spouse, and come up to some conclusions on how you can deal with them. Right. Because you don't have to live that way. You can live actually where relationships are permanent, where your job is something that you don't worship and you lose it, you, you know what is permanent, um, that you're not confused and you realize there are real roles in life. So. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think those are great, great pointers. And it all comes back to communicating. Be willing to talk these things through with your spouse or and all that that way you can figure out what to do when when things you know don't go according to plan because they, everything doesn't go according to plan that's just part of life and that's how do you do sure. how do you change and adapt as a couple and as a a lasting relationship uh, unfortunately that's all the time that we have here on the show today i encourage you to go back and listen to this podcast and other ones head over to relate365 
com. And check out uh, The Younger and Older. And there's a few other podcasts, actually, while you're there you can check out and listen to. Uh, but that's all the time. This is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. We'll see you here next time. Take care. Bye-bye.